Karibuni. I am Warden Wilson Mutua, and I am happy to welcome you to Harambe Wildlife Reserve. Listen up. We've got to get in, grab the iguanodon, and get out before that asteroid hits. Let's roll. W Radio. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show. Your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 180 for the week of July 25th, 2010. This past month, the streets of Harambe Village in Disney's Animal Kingdom came to life with a brand new special event, the nightly Taste of Africa Street Party, celebrating the culinary and cultural traditions of many African nations Guests could sample a variety of different foods, wines, and beers, as well as meet the artisans practicing their crafts, all within a high-energy, festival-like atmosphere. This week, I'm joined on the roundtable by others who experienced the party as we discuss all that it entailed, our review of the food, and the party as a whole, and what the future may hold for this or other events of this type. I'll test your knowledge of Walt Disney World trivia in this week's contest, where I'll give you a chance to play and win some Disney prizes. I'll have some announcements and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. The buzz this summer at Walt Disney World has been all about the return of old friends, whether it's the Main Street Electrical Parade, Captain EO, the introduction of new things like Summer Nightastic over at the Magic Kingdom and at Disney's Hollywood Studios. But what I think a lot of people didn't realize was that Animal Kingdom got something very quietly, but something very new as well, and that was the Harambe Village Taste of Africa Street Party, which brought in new food, new drinks, and samples of African culture to the town of Harambe over at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. And we had a chance to experience the Taste of Africa Street Party on what today was the last day of its summer run that began in early July 2010. So I wanted to take a look back at what the street party entailed, some of the food offerings and maybe what the future of offerings like this might be. And joining me, literally, on the roundtable here in Walt Disney World this week is Scott Otis. You may remember him from such segments as Food Reviews. Scott, welcome back. Jumbo, everyone. Jumbo. Thank you for introducing a little bit of culture right into the beginning of the show. Of course, you know him, you love him from the Pretty Good Movie Ride and lots of, of food segments on the show, Glenn Whalen. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. And he does voiceover work, too. 
And, uh, and Ashley Fisher, who you may have heard on the show before, she was, I believe, the third runner-up of the Adventureland Challenge Contest. She's also a friend and a Walt Disney World cast member. So, Ashley, welcome back to the show. Oh, great introduction, Lou. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for It was third place. You came in uh, really uh-huh. third place. It was a warm, warm third place, <laughs> and I'm glad that it brought me to this round table a year later. Well, I'm happy that you guys are here because, like I said, very, very quietly, and I think a lot of people, including cast members that we all talked to recently, didn't even know that this Taste of Africa street party was going on from July 9th until today, which is July 24th. So just a few weeks long. And really what it was was kind of a, it was almost like a mini food and wine festival in the town of Harambee over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And it brought in not just food stations and kiosks, but it brought in uh, wine tastings and beer tastings and a lot of African culture in music, in merchandise that was offered for sale right there on the street. Right. And this definitely wasn't something that they were pushing. It was very quiet. We did not find out about this from Walt Disney World. We heard it definitely word of mouth, and I think that's what they were trying to see. They were trying to test and see, would people stay in the Animal Kingdom, which normally empties out at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, would they stay there a couple extra hours if there was an event going on back there? But we did not find out from WDW uh, we, we heard it from friends. It was definitely word of mouth that got us there. It was kind of like, hey, I can't find any information on this thing. Do you want to go over and see what it is? And I think that's how we ended up there. Yeah, and really it, begun, it begins or began around 4.30 every day right after the Jam and Jungle Parade. And again, it took place completely within the town of Harambe. And they really wanted to add a sense of full story as though... You were wandering through this real old town of the Harambe village where they brought in a celebration from all different parts of Africa. And as you entered, there was food stations, there was um, demonstrations of sugarcane juicing and creating samosas. So some of the food and the drinks that you got to eat there, you got a chance to watch people from those different areas actually making them right on site. Yes. One of the, actually, one of the other things that was there was the curry pit, where there was an artist actually sitting there with whatever those beans are that they crush up. And she was explaining how, as you crush them up, they create this smell. And wherever you were in Harambe, every once in a while, you just get this wonderful whiff. And you go, what was that? You turn towards it, and you want to go eat. And that was a, that's a smell and flavor that's in so many of these African dishes. They were standing, sitting right out in the street making that so you could experience that smell throughout the entire Harambe area. And, and I think that's the first thing that we noticed was, believe it or not, I didn't run right for the food kiosk. Surprise, surprise. But you got a sense that there really was this party going on as soon as you crossed over the bridge. Um, what I was going to say before with the food and the demonstrations is the same type of thing that they were doing at Food & Wine, where now they're cooking in the streets as opposed to just bringing it out. So it was that party and it was those scents that were bringing you everywhere of course we ran for the drinks <laughs> speak for yourself as running for the drink so we, we did a little bit of exploring first because we wanted to get a sense of what it was i mean scott did you walk in with sort of any preconceived idea of, of what to expect none at all and i was very uh, amazed at what was going on it was very a very festive atmosphere there was a dj on on top of one of the roofs of the buildings he was playing uh, 
African music, and there was so much dancing and and just so much happening going on. They also had a band down in the in the street playing. It was wonderful. They, had, they got a lot of the guests in there dancing. It was amazing. Yeah, the, the first thing that I think we all commented on was it brought such a new energy to that part of the park and even to Animal Kingdom altogether. Something that, that you don't get a sense, you've never gotten a sense in Animal Kingdom before other than maybe for the parade. So yeah, there's DJ, DJ Khalifa on top of the old fort talking to the crowd, getting the crowd excited. There was also a, uh, a band right across the way. There were the outdoor vendors, uh, Waslu was one of the musical groups that performed there. In the Tamu Tamu Courtyard, they were doing beer and wine tastings. Uh, they had some uh, some animal sort of education and things that you'd find sort of on Discovery Island for with the uh, the Harambe Wildlife Team. So there was stuff for kids. There was stuff, obviously, for adults. And, and speaking of that, and we'll talk about that, they had this sort of beer and wine walk in the Tamu Tamu Courtyard, and they also had something there for kids as well. So unlike food and wine, which is primarily geared towards adults and wandering the promenade and eating and drinking, as we are so off to do in the fall. Uh, I like the fact that there was something for... And we saw kids and adults literally dancing in the streets and the cast members very much into it. Yes, and the 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 wine walk was very pretty much inexpensive compared to what we currently have. I don't know if that's going to be the case if and when this does return, but it seemed to be less expensive, and they even had a special price for the children if they were going to experience the juice walk which was basically they had four different juices that are specially made one of them is a sugarcane juice which they also elsewhere could learn how to make by grinding up the sugarcane which was an interesting thing that we saw many kids participate in the other was a guava juice which was very popular the third was a sopa sour or something like that which was another one that seemed to be enjoyable. And the fourth one was a coconut juice. So they, the children got to try all four of those, and they had these great, they're handed these great uh, passports, and they get them stamped. So they've had all four of those juices. Now they have four stamps, and they go, yay, I've completed my journey. And they move on while waiting for their <laughs> parents to finish getting drunk. So. <laughs> they weren't getting drunk. They are experiencing the flavors of Africa. And that's really what it was. It, it was a chance to like food and wine, experience the flavors of other cultures. So as long as we're talking about the beer and wine walk, let's sort of address that now because uh, that was over, like I said, in the Tamu Courtyard and over by the fort. And you're right, they gave you a little passport for you. And you said it was, what, about $9, Ashley, for? It was, it was $9 for an adult and about $4 for a child. And I wound up going with your wife and two of our friends, Larson and Stephanie, who we met today. And we had a lot of fun. And it was great going into the place because there were four different kiosks. And on these little passports, they gave you the option of having four different tastes. And at each kiosk, there were four different wines or four different beers at one of them. So it was perfectly planned with the four of us that we were able to just clear <laughs> clear out the place, taste each of the wines, and... Um, but the cast members were really knowledgeable. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy wine, and your wife thoroughly enjoys beer. Um, <laughs> so when we went, it wasn't just... At Food & Wine, it's very much get the guests in, get the food, get the drinks. Here at the Beer & Wine Experience, it really was about learning. And even on these little passports... They included more information about the beer. So 
you were able to walk out knowing even Deanna took notes on what she thought was the best and what she didn't like and even some smaller things about just facts regarding whites and red wines so it's just general wine and beer knowledge but it it was so cool and once the kids had their drinks and it wound up distracting them then the grown-ups were able to just enjoy themselves in this little uh courtyard and i love the fact that for i mean look this is a relatively small event for just you know three or so weeks that they had not just these taste of africa party maps laying it all out but they had specifically the passport for a little nine dollar experience right and this this map and the passport unlike the food and wine festival they are themed it continues that theme it continues that story of harambe there are the there's advertisements that are built on this map and it's a faded looking map it looks like it's an old map it looks like it was drawn and the information on it advertises it as if it, it continues that message of sugarcane juicing demonstration today at the dawa bar there's stuff like that all over here that makes it include all the fun that and that courtyard. Uh, many of you may know is is the courtyard where the blue thing is is in the in the back wall. So you can go in and see that if you're in there as well. And it's right behind where the kids go. Yeah, we were talking Scott about how some of the elements, the little details in Africa, they carried forward, like I said, to the map. So one of the things you noticed was on the back of the map uh, the reference to one of the fictional travel agencies. That's right, the Twiga Travel Agency, <laughs> named after the giraffe there. It's, uh, so it carries on the, the story that, that Harambe is trying to tell. Yeah, and again, you get that sense as soon as you walk over the bridge exactly, uh, exactly what's going on. And like you said, the, the thing that I like too about this beer and wine was it's not just sort of an advertisement for the different featured wines. It really is very educational. They teach you about the different grapes and the regions and where they come from. They even teach you about the different types of beers that are from Ethiopia and Kenya and Morocco. So there's something there for everybody's palate, whether you're a drinker or not. So we, you guys had some of the, the beers and wines. We tried some of the sugarcane juices and the coconut juices, which were so different and something that they don't offer all year round. Right. And at, actually, many of these places are restaurants or they are stands during the normal uh, everyday business but for this event you go to these these stands and they have a different offering at this point so the menu chain is completely different from what they have during the day so it does include things like these coconut drinks or coconut milk or coconut water or sugar cane water and these are a different a different experience we were having as much of a trying something different as everybody else yeah we had originally went in with the plan to videotape us all tasting all but we were so intrigued and so hungry that we never got to actually videotape ourselves eating this stuff um, because it was so good and I, only, I actually wish that we had a chance to come back again because now that we've been through it once I'd like know. to do it again but let's talk about some of the food offerings because as soon as you walk over into Harambe on the right hand side there is a permanent sort of cart that's there that I think normally sells drinks and popcorns but but now it's the Tamu Kabanda shop, and it had an avocado shrimp salad, and one of the things that were was definitely one of my favorites, samosas with mango chutney. And before we talk about those food offerings, right next door was a little cart, and there was a woman who gave a demonstration about how to make samosas from beginning to end, and gave you the recipe as well. 
Yeah, Lydia was amazing doing that. Uh, she was had all the ingredients there, and she was mixing them up and, and telling us how you can make it at home, and it was amazing. She she was very knowledgeable about all that and gave us samples, which is very nice. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, like you said before, you alluded to it, the cast members were very much into it, so she oh, yeah. really wanted... She didn't want you just to eat the samosas there. She expected you to go home and make yes. samosas, and, and I told her that if it didn't go into a microwave, I wouldn't know how to make it. Yes, yeah, so I, I tried to make some in my car, and, and <laughs> it wasn't as good. I'll tell you that much. But I like the fact that they gave you these full-blown menus with not just the ingredients and, and the breakdown of it, but how to prepare it and what your shopping list should be mm-hmm. to go out and get those things. And again, it, they're sort of created on this parchment paper. Everything's so, so very well-themed. Yes, definitely well-themed. The other thing that was available there was the avocado shrimp salad, which was a flavor mixture that I'm not used to. Uh, it, I thought it was it was very intriguing, wonderful, delicious, but it was shrimp and avocado, which doesn't seem to be a natural marriage to me. Well, whatever Liddy was doing worked because those samosas, which is like a potato pastry that's lightly fried and has potato and meat inside, and it's got... This mango chutney, which was yeah. sweet and savory, and, and it was the texture, different kinds of, t- I'm drooling <laughs> as we're talking, I'm drooling over, it was so, so good, and, and different from the ones that you get on food and wine. This just wasn't, wasn't sort of a, a regurgitation of the food and wine menu. These were completely new flavors. Right. The, the mango chutney was amazing. It was basically the, the sweetness of the mango chutney compared to the, 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 spice, the spicy little kick on the samosas. It was a, per- it was a perfect marriage for that, so... I could eat more of those right now. I really like the texture of the samosas because they were really crunchy. And then, um, but how much did I really get besides one samosa and like a dip of mango <laughs> chutney when everybody else is biting my fingers <laughs> as I reach onto a plate because we only have two plates of them. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty sight back <laughs> at the table. We uh, we made Fight. camp over at the Dawa Bar and everybody sort of was bringing over plates and plates of food. We were all sampling it. Thank goodness we're all friends because there were just forks of flying everywhere. But I think the samosas, for a lot of people, that was one of their, yes. their favorites. And look, it's a finger food. It's a nice finger food, too. So That one shared the best. Well, it individually shared the best. But that was another thing over at the uh, Beer and Wine. The cast members were so surprised that we were sharing. We had to explain at every kiosk. Speak for yourself. <laughs> had to speak at every kiosk. Please just take off all of our points and give us all four. Oh, so you're not going to pick one? No, 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 we're going to try them all. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah, when I went to the first kiosk and I said I want four of those and three of those and two of those, she looked at me like I was kidding. I said, no, seriously, I need that and just a big tray. And But I'll admit to you now that everything I ordered didn't necessarily always make it all the way back to the table. So, But that being said, across the way was uh, the Tamu Tamu bar. And again, this is normally sort of a walk-up little counter service kiosk, for lack of a better word that has small little snacks. This time, it had a boboti with blang, with some sort of a sauce, uh, flatbread with dips, and a mango shake. And again, they also had some beers and wines at all these kiosks as well. Uh, I will tell you, the flatbread with that curry dip and the mango shake, it was like a mango in a cup. That was awesome. I loved the flatbreads. It had that red hummus, the um, couscous kind of extra dip, and then uh, a creamier dip. But 
we went through plates and plates of, <laughs> of them, and the kids loved them because it was so simple. And the pita bread was a lot larger. I thought all of the portions that we got were sufficient. There wasn't anything, because I remember a time or two at Food and Wine, we would see that we had one scallop on a dish and say, really, did I just pay $7 for this? Whereas for this, everything you got was appropriately priced and at the same time, delicious and filling. So I know I love that kiosk. Right. Yeah, and the mango shake is basically like, like you took the, the the juiciest, sweetest part of the interior of a mango and you froze it up and put it in a cup. It was absolutely delicious. And especially, it was like 165 degrees today, I think, in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, so that was really, really refreshing, and it can... You almost had to eat it with a spoon as opposed to eat, drinking it with a straw. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, and I was—I'm actually very ashamed because <laughs> because I was the one thing I was unsure of buying was the mango shake, so I didn't get a mango shake, and I got a American Coca-Cola. So I had a, a thing of Coca-Cola, and then someone came over to me with the mango shake, and I tried it, and I had buyer's remorse immediately. It was delicious. I wish I should have—I should have gotten that. And now it's closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said that many times today as you walked by the kiosks because, again, it ran from 4.30 until Animal Kingdom closed, which is 8, which is nice. And we'll talk about the fact that you got to experience, and Glenn, you said it before, Animal Kingdom a little bit later than you normally did. So you would walk through the main courtyard. That's where the DJ was. Cast members are dancing. The sugar cane demonstration was there. Uh people were sort of dancing with giant palm fronds and there were cast members in the street. I mean, everybody was having a good time, whether they worked in merchandise or custodial or were part of the band. Uh, a little bit farther back over at Kusafari Bakery, which normally sells muffins and rolls and, and coffees and things like that, they had a uh, Burberry rubbed beef, and forgive me if I I'm sure I mispronounced that, with mealy pap. Um, <clears throat> I'm drooling again over the curried chicken. Uh-huh. With uh, with rice and a banana bread pudding. Folks, raise your hands if you thought the curry chicken, I, not that oh, anybody can yeah. see it, the curry chicken, far and away, best item at, at the Streets of Africa party. Yeah. I would say tied with the samosas, yes, the, the curry chicken with jollof rice was absolutely amazing. Had a very nice uh, curry sauce, which was not too spicy, but uh, it was very delicious. Right, and nothing here was scary. I mean, nothing here was like, oh, curry sauce, I can't, it's going to be too powerful. I mean, it was definitely tempered enough for everybody's palate, but still gave you a sense of some of those flavors. Um, see, for me, the curry chicken was tied with the rubbed beef because I loved the mealy pap. They have it over at Boma, too. If you've never had it, it's kind of like a polenta-type thing, uh, potato underneath the beef, and it had a spicy mustard sauce on top of it so it had a lot of flavor <laughs> it had a lot of flavor and then the curry chicken just like you said it was very mild and it was very shareable yeah we did again speak for yourself <laughs> i think we did a good job what i would ha- i would ha- i have a hard time even ranking them uh some people are better at ranking things <laughs> i can't cannot ra- like there was nothing i did i ate today that i didn't think they did a great job piecing together a meal that I'm going to go, wow, that was really good. Probably even more so than a walk around the world because you eat something during the Epcot eating around the world, you go, eh, not for me. But this was an experience where I think everything I had, I was like, 
wow, that was very unique. Um, not necessarily always African. Right. One of them had the pork sliders, something like that. Didn't seem like well, it didn't taste very African, but it was good, you know. So, and I think Ashley, you made a great point about the portions because I wondered. You're right. In in food and wine festival, sometimes you use the individual scallop. Great example. You're like, yeah, am I really getting a great value? I don't know, but the curry chicken is a great example of you got a full plate of rice with five or six pieces of chicken piled high on top. So, I mean, there was enough for most of you to share between each other, (laughs) although I pounded through about three or four plates on my own. And they only ranked from maybe 3 to $5 each. I mean, I don't have a price list in front of me. I don't remember which kiosk it was, but I know that people went, and when they came back, they had gotten three items. So I'm going to go with, it was the Tamu Tamu with the mango shake and the flatbreads, that they said they were able to buy all three items for $9. Okay. I do know the samosas were $3, and that was the best for, $3. For two samosas? For, yeah. Two, and the mango two, chutney. Yeah. Big dollop of mango chutney. So that was a very good buy for that. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I hit the dessert trays, and everything was like a dollar eighty through through three dollars. So it really wasn't very inexpensive for what I'm used to paying at Disney World. Yeah, and the uh, the banana bread pudding. Speaking of desserts, there was awesome. I mean, it was it was very very moist. I mean, it tastes like it was baked just then and there. The the bread the the banana sauce was very warm, and again, very shareable. Uh, among everybody but you talked about sort of the dessert area because in the back in the Harambe fruit market which normally sells a lot of the the fruits and the vegetables back there that you can get in little packages here they had some really interesting items they had coconut macaroons they had honey pastries fresh cut coconut as well as fresh fruit and real sugar cane I mean literally just sugar cane sort of ripped off the bark and the kids had a great time sort of playing with the sugar cane and taste, tasting samples of it. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun back there. And when I went up to the the guy and said, I want some fresh-cut coconut, he took one out and hacked it up and threw it into a little plastic thing, and, and they gave it to me, and it was really fresh, and that's what it's supposed to taste like. You know, it, it was it tasted a little bit like mounds without the chocolate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but everything was available back there. It was really cool, and it was a fun experience. Yeah, and there was somebody in our group who was giving the kids sugarcane, and she's like, yeah, this is exact. They literally would cut the sugarcane, and this is how we would eat it as we were kids. So there was very much that level of authenticity. And to see somebody go back there and hack up the coconut and yeah. give it to you, as opposed to just buying it in the plastic package, I think added to the experience as well. Yeah, I actually thought it tasted more like the uh, Almond Joy without the chocolate and, <laughs> and the almonds. <laughs> so the interesting thing, too, was, I mean, look, We spent a lot of time eating and going back up and and finding our favorites and bringing them back to the table. Again, we sat over at the Dawa Bar uh, where they had a number of special drinks as well. There was a sugar cane mojito and there was also a sweet tea. Cane cocktail. Um, So Again, which Ashley participated in both. (laughs) This is where your wife and I... Really shine. This is where you guys really shine. <laughs> um, so, yes, right at the Dawa Bar. They did have other specialty drinks there, but specifically they had the two sugarcane drinks. Um, both were very good. The mojito was extremely sweet, but the sweet tea cane cocktail, that was so smooth 
so delicious. Um, that was definitely the one at the end of the day that we had wished we had gotten more of. But, um, yeah, so that was really cool. And then your son tried to go to the bar, obviously. And it just My got, son, who's five, by the way. <laughs> and it just got complicated when he needed to get me water. Um, but, yeah, and really the best part about us going over to the Dawa Bar was that we got those three tables and put them together. And we were able to kind of have that family-style event with everybody there. And we spent, and Glenn, you said this before, we spent hours in Africa. We didn't ride a single attraction until later on. We, we hit the safari, <laughs> you know, sort of that. That's how we wrapped up the day. But it wasn't about, you said it before, sort of blowing through Harambe to get to the safari and get to the fast fashion. We spent hours wandering through and talking to the cast members. There was uh, a mask artist there yes. who hand paints all these beautiful African masks that look like different animals and sort of tradi traditional African styles. There was that little school camp area in the back for an educational area for kids. The woman who was giving you a chance to grind up the seeds and show how curry powder is made. I mean, very, very interactive, high-energy kind of event. Yeah, and those different smells from the curry as well. That This whole experience focused on something made me realize that no matter how decorative the animal kingdom is with their trees and animals running around there you don't have many areas that you can actually stop and and stare at these details in some of these areas there's a lot of detail in that africa area but really if you're not going to tusker house you're you're breezing through there to get to the safari and i don't think i've ever spent more than an hour in that area if I wasn't going directly to that. Now, this was three hours. We probably could have stayed for four. With that music just in the background the whole time, it was enticing informa uh, you know, information all around us and, and sharing company with good friends. It was a, a great experience. And we should just make a note, too. This is not, although it starts at 4.30, it was not a hard ticket event. You didn't need to register for it. You could go through, and as long as you didn't eat or drink, you could experience everything that was going on for free. The entertainment was free. The exhibits for the kids and stuff were free where they can make their own sugar cane juice were free. I'm not going to try and taint your opinion, but I love this. I really, really enjoyed this on so many levels. Yes, even above and beyond the food. But I will tell you, I did like the fact that they brought in all these different types of flavors into Disney's Animal Kingdom where, for the most part, a lot of the, the stands are very much the same where you can get chicken or hamburgers. You know, there's flame tree and whatnot. But to be able to have these kind of flavors and sort of not have to have a sit-down meal, grab little bites along the way and keep going, from a food perspective I loved, but from the energy and the interactivity, I liked it as well. Yeah, and we went on the safari right afterwards. And as you're going on the safari at that time of night, you notice that they start talking about the birds and the, hey there's a there's a lizard on the tree you know because the animals are going to sleep so not as many animals are on the safari so i think the animal kingdom has a reputation for shutting down early and that's probably the point of this whole thing four o'clock is probably they watch the parade everyone gets out of there here we were at six and seven o'clock in a crowded area of the animal kingdom and people were still laughing and having fun and like, there wasn't an evacuation and even the vendors we spoke to mentioned that that normally at this point in the night we're just trying we're flagging people down trying to get them to come over and now here's a situation where they were busy the entire time 
I think above and beyond, the best part about this event is how organic it was. And just that you walk through and it didn't seem that Disney orchestrated a whole event to put place in Africa. It looked as though within Africa, the event just grew. And that's what was so awesome about it. And along the lines of um, that you were just a part of the event, you saw cast members doing the electric slide kind of to African music. Um but it was so family oriented and i re- and it could be fun for kids it could be fun for adults by themselves it was fun for us when we were in a huge group i really think something that's as personalized as this as an event can really give food and wine a run for its money and before i go to you scott i, I want to make a point cuz organic is a perfect word because it's not like they threw a dance party and sort of slapped it onto disney's hollywood studios or downtown disney just put a dj there it very much felt like an extension of what this part of the park was supposed to be like. And you, and you didn't get a sense, at least I didn't, that this is something that was the first time that they've ever done it and they've only been doing it for two weeks. This looks like something that's been there all the time as opposed to something that may be here sort of on a trial basis. Right, exactly. And, you know, I just love that the whole time that we were there, it was, it was a festive atmosphere well, so many people around, all excited about you know, all the different f- demonstrations and foods and just basically being together. It really was just a great event for all of us to attend. So, so all right. So, again, I'm going to distance myself from the food for a second, but I want to ask you guys, is this something that you think is here on a trial basis, you think will continue? Do you think it should continue? Is it something that you want to see hey, I want the Taste of Africa Street Party to run in the spring or the summer, or, yeah, this should be something that's there all the time. Well, I would imagine that the, um, it probably could be sustainable all year long because I would say most of the people that are there, you know, aren't people that, you know, come back, you know, a lot. You know, I would imagine the crowd that's there are, are new there for, you know, each, each evening for the most part. I know that someone in our group hinted that they heard rumors that it was just a trial run for something that was going to become more apparent in November. But that's, I don't know how rumor mill that is. Yeah, that's definitely uh, the rumor I heard as well because I was sitting obviously next to you (laughs) when you heard it. So I heard it too. So that's two people that heard this rumor. So it must be true. (laughs) You know, one of my favorite things, I'm I'm hearkening back to this little map thing that they made it, they tried to make it look like it's old. And it says down at the bottom in very small writing, map drawn by the person's name. And they put the telephone number of the person. And very much like the other telephone numbers that are in Harambe, it's only five digits. And I just love that, that this whole thing is credited to somebody who doesn't exist. And on the back, there's also another phone number for the for the Dawa bar that says telephone 5169. And it looks like they changed the last number by putting some white out on it and writing in with the re- just the details, even on this little tiny map. Are enough to just make me smile and go, wow! That what a what a cool, a, a lot of fun they had even making this event. And you guys, you're, you're all smiling as we're talking about this event and looking <laughs> over this map, which I think is is a, a great sign. Right, and also on the map, the, it, it says for further details, they may be obtained. You can write to P.O. Box five eight seven in Harambe. So if you need any more information, just, just <laughs> send, send a request to P.O. Box five eight seven in Harambe. So is this something that uh, again? Uh, you guys, Glenn, Ashley, is this something that you think 
forgetting the rumor that you heard from the one guy who <laughs> may have had one too many boaties. Is this something that you think should be something that, that's all year long, that's seasonal, that's a new sort of special event specific just to Disney's Animal Kingdom, like food and wine and like some of the things that the other parks have? I would, I would at least for, for myself, I would suggest it would be seasonal. It would be something to look forward to, like like we talk about with the Food and Wine Festival or the Everest Run or uh, or the summer or, or the Christmas season or the Halloween, uh, anything that's like we, we have these things to look forward to rather than just like a, yeah, well, well, that's always going on. This makes it more of an event, and next year they could even announce a week before or months before they can say hey at this year's event we will have this this and this and you'll have three more things to look forward to I think keeping it as a compressed event type thing will be uh, more enjoyable for me I definitely agree that it should be a seasonal event not a all year long thing but as soon as you start listing all those events I started thinking of the Taste of Africa dance-a-thon is what's yeah. going to happen instead of food and wine or wine and dine marathon or half marathon it'll just be the street party dance-a-thon, dance-a-thon. I agree with Glenn's answer so I take back what I was saying earlier about it being a, a year long thing it is something to anticipate so you're such Good a job, follower you're such a anything Glenn says you agree with ooh I love the curry um, well, they might. <laughs> I hope they don't do a taste of Dino Land thing anytime soon. So. I agree with that, Glenn. I, I agree. It's uh, listen. It's going to be very interesting to see when all is said and done, and when the street party wraps up, and the people from Disney take a look back at it, how they measure its success. Uh, I mean, if anybody's listening from the four people who were there today, I think we all agree it very much is a success. I would love to see. It continue. I'm fine with it being a seasonal thing. Maybe summer not the best time because it's so much hotter in, in uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. But again, you've got the parade that sort of kicks it off. It starts at 4:30. You can run it until eight, maybe nine o'clock, even at night. Even if it carries over, and maybe if you do it during the summer, you get still light, and you can leave open attractions like Dino Land, like Expedition Everest. You don't have to have the safari. And again, for those people that continue to I believe mistakenly call Disney's Animal Kingdom a half-day park. This is just one more reason to extend your stay there. Yeah, my two regrets are, first, that we didn't attend this a week earlier (laughs) because we could have come back. And my second one was obviously that I got a Coke when I could have gotten the mango shake. I I will tell you, you also missed out on... Well, we had the coconut juice, and I I dubbed the sugarcane juice. I did. Because that's what I needed was just a can full of sugar. A can full of sugar with some sweetener in it, just in case it wasn't sweet enough. Which is kind of like what your Coke was. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the well, the, the coconut water, if, if you know, it, it has little chunky pieces of coconut in there. If you're not prepared for it, you might think someone has backwashed into your drink. <laughs> nice. So, nice. so you got to be prepared for that. Well, I would love to hear from other listeners who've had a chance to experience the Taste of Africa Street Party. Again, unfortunately, it's over. A very, very short run. Again, so we're assuming that this is a trial period, although Disney clearly invested a lot of time preparing for this, a lot of time setting this up. I think because they've put out these maps and these guides and the passports, it shows that maybe they have some type of commitment to this, hopefully beyond this three-week run. But if anybody has had a chance to experience it, whether you agree with us 
like Scott always does, or you disagree Absolutely. and you didn't like the Taser Africa Street Party, I'd love to hear why. Either post in this week's show notes, comment on the blog, or call into the voicemail, 888-703-2171, with your comments and your thoughts. Is this something that you'd like to see come back on a permanent basis, on a trial basis, or things that you'd uh, maybe change, or you'd like to see come to the Taste of Africa Street Party? So, final comments, anyone? Asante Sana. This interview might make me listen to your show again. Quaharini, everyone. (laughs) And with that, I thank in no particular order, other than I want to make sure Ashley's last, is Scott Otis, Glenn Whalen, and Ashley Ray. I came in third place, the Adventureland Challenge Fisher. Uh, Thank you, and Tamasha. And I don't know what that means, but it's on the front of the map. Enjoy? I don't know. That's a guess. I agree. (laughs) Such a good time this past weekend in Walt Disney World between the meat of the month and the Taste of Africa street party and even recording the segment for the show that I thought it would be great to have another Walt Disney World trivia contest and give you guys a chance to not only test your knowledge, maybe learn something along the way, but get a chance to win some prizes as well. In the past, I've done everything from Name That Disney World Tune to Where in the World Have You Heard This? What's my line? But let's go back and just go with some simple trivia questions about Walt Disney World. And since this week's show was really about the taste of Africa Street Party in Disney's Animal Kingdom, I'm going to give you a hint. All the questions are about Disney's Animal Kingdom this week. So what I'm going to do is ask you five trivia questions, ask you to send your answers in order to lou at wdwradio.com. I'm also going to give you a bonus question this week, and I'll actually give you two weeks to come up with your answers, give everybody a chance to play. What I'll do is take all the correct answers, put them into the virtual hat, and randomly select one winner. So if you're ready, here are your five trivia questions for this week's contest. Number one, as you descend the stairs before entering your actual Time Rover vehicle in Dinosaur... In Dinoland, USA, you might find three thin colored pipes above your head running up against the wall. These pipes are red, yellow, and white, and have some funny writing on them, maybe even chemical equations. What do those equations equate to? Number two, Disney's Animal Kingdom includes plants from every continent on Earth Except where? Number three. When Disney's Animal Kingdom first opened in that first year of operation, what show could you find at the theater in the wild? Number four. What fictitious highway, according to story, runs through Chester and Hester's Dinorama? 
Number five. The original concept for Disney's Animal Kingdom divided the park into three distinct areas focusing on what? So what are those three distinct areas that the park was going to focus on? And here's your bonus question. What is the name of the cast model of the fully articulated Triceratops, Triceratops horridus, skeleton that's located in the dinosaur attractions pre-show area? So that skeleton, kind of like Dino Sue outside, has a name. What's the name of the Triceratops? That's your bonus question. But if you get all five right, and I do randomly select your answer, you're going to win a year's subscription to Celebrations Magazine. If you get all five right and the bonus question, you'll also get a mystery prize. It could be an iTunes or a Disney gift card, some WDW Radio logo gear, books, CDs, a free ride aboard the Jungle Cruise. Okay, something more valuable than that. Not sure. But uh, you'll have until August 7th, midnight, August 7th, 2010, to get your answers in. Remember, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. If you don't get the bonus question, don't worry about it. You only need to have all five correct in order to be entered to win. Good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed our look at the Taste of Africa Street Party. Had fun with the Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. Again, if you experienced the street party, or even if you haven't, but would love to see something like that stay or come back to Walt Disney World, please come by and comment in this week's show notes at wdwradio.com. I want to say thanks to all of my guests, including Glenn Whalen from prettygoodmovieride.com. Ashley Fisher from the UK Pavilion, and Scott Otis from Otisburg. Otisburg? It's a little bitty place. Anyway, if you enjoyed this week's episode and you're a new listener, go on back, please, and check out some of the older episodes of the show at WDWRadio.com or on iTunes for, for more detailed looks at current and former attractions, vacation planning, listener emails, interviews, and lots, lots more. If there's something that you'd like to see, email me at lou at wdwradio.com or again, post in the comments in the show notes. And if you like the show, you might also like my audio guide series to Walt Disney World, where I give you virtual walking tours of all of Disney World's history, details, overlooked experiences, and so much more. Main Street, Adventureland, and Fantasyland are out now. Liberty Square is coming soon. Those, as well as my Walt Disney World trivia books, are available at WDWRadio.com. While you're there, check out the video section. I'll be posting a new video this week, and I'm working on more, so definitely stay tuned. If you subscribe to the show via iTunes, all those videos will be automatically downloaded as part of your subscription. While you're on the site, come by the forums for discussions about everything Disney, our photo galleries, new daily blog posts, and so much more. There you can also find out all the different ways to stay connected to me and the show, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, FriendFeed, the free WDW Radio iPhone app, and lots, lots more. I'm also getting ready to announce something new that I've been working on, so staying tuned through one or all those channels 
definitely the best way to get all the latest information. Big, big thanks to everybody who came by the meet of the month this past weekend in Walt Disney World. I've got to tell you, it was one of the most fun, enjoyable meets for me ever, as long as I've been doing this. It was great to meet so many new people, and thanks so much for taking the time out of your day or out of your vacation to come by and say hi, talk to me, and make some new friends, which I love seeing when you guys get together and get to meet each other along the way. We were there at the Contempo Cafe from about 11 to 3 or so, and then a bunch of us actually went over to Africa and did the Taste of Africa street party. Well, we didn't go to Africa. We went to Disney's Animal Kingdom, but you understand what I was talking about? Really, really a lot of fun, so thanks again to everybody. August's Meet of the Month is going to be Sunday, August 29th, probably early in the day. Definitely stay tuned to the show, again, Twitter and Facebook for exact details for time and location. But again, it's going to be that Sunday, the last weekend in August. And again, if you've never come to a meet of the month or any Disney meet and you're thinking about coming by, please do. Everyone is invited and welcome to come by. Even if you've never been before, please come by and say hi. They really are a lot of fun. If you are going to be up in the Seattle area on August 14th, That is going to be the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. I'm going back for the second year this year to the Linwood Convention Center. It is going to be a lot of fun. A real full day filled with special guests like Jeff Curdy, Disney legends like Bob Gurr, Margaret Carey, other Disney celebrities, Hidden Mickey challenges, Disneyana vendors, fan displays, Disneyana items are going to be auctioned off for charity. Again, a great way just to get together with like-minded Disney fans, and I know Don has a bunch of great surprises for that as well. So for more information, you can visit pnwmousemeet.com. You'll also find a link to that and any of the other meets that I'm going to talk about over at meetofthemonth.com. In September, if you're going to be out in Disneyland, Destination D is going to take place between September 24th and 25th. I'm going to be heading out there for the event. I'm also planning a special WDW radio event. I'll have some more details probably later this week, but I can also tell you that Mouse Fan Travel, who, of course, as you know, is my official and recommended travel provider, has special Disneyland resort deals that include exclusive rates, getting a little extra magic as well. Over at the Disneyland Hotel, where all the events seem to be taking place, standard view starts at 175 per night. Uh, for more information, I'll put a link in this week's show notes or the book. You can go and visit mousefantravel.com. In October, in addition to the Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World, there's also Conga Loosh. That's the weekend-long event from October 8th through the 12th with the Adventurers Club cast, the dinner, and the show on the stage of the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. And speaking of epic, Jim Corcus is going to be there. He's going to be giving a couple of private tours. Uh, there's going to be Q&A with the Adventures Club cast. There's a show and sale, a banquet. I'll be giving a tour of the Jungle Cruise as well as a few other things as well. Lots of surprises there as well. For more information, again, you can find the link at congaloosh.org or go to meetofthemonth.com. Please come by. Join the WDW Radio Explorers Tribe. That is going to be a really, really fun, fun weekend. And finally, don't forget, as if I'd let you, about the WDW Radio cruise aboard the all-new Disney Dream, February 27th, 2011, Super, super excited about that. We are getting ready to announce some of the details of what we have planned. But what I want you to do is head on over to the website and go to the blog 
I'll link to it in this week's show notes so you can find it easily because I want you to come by and post any questions that you might have, whether it's about our Disney Dream Cruise, the Disney Dream ship itself, or just about cruising in general. It could be if you're a first-time cruiser and just don't know how to get to the port or what to expect when you get there, or if you're a veteran cruiser looking to find out more about what this cruise is going to entail, we're going to get all those questions together, going to answer them on an upcoming show, get a sort of primer for the cruise, maybe even doing a live Q&A show sometime later uh, in the next couple of months. Speaking of that, stay tuned for another WDW Radio live video broadcast and chat coming very, very soon. We'd love to try and sneak one in here in July, but I can tell you that I am going to do one in August and I've already got it planned, and it's going to be something a little special. And I'll give you more details about when and what that WDW Radio Live is going to be probably in the next week or two. Definitely stay tuned for that. If you like this week's trivia contest, want to be more involved in the show, and a chance to win some valuable and not-so-valuable prizes, email me your name and your phone number, because you may get a chance to be randomly called and selected to play Listener Factor Fiction where I'll call you up and ask you 10 true or false trivia questions about Walt Disney World. Again, give you a chance to win some prizes as well. If you have some questions about Walt Disney World, history, trivia, vacation planning, whatever it might be, you want me to answer those on the show, email me at lou at wdwradio.com or call the voicemail line, be on the air at 888-703-2171. You can also talk about anything you heard on the show on the blog, in the comments section, over in the forums at wdwradio.com. And if you just can't get enough Disney magic, want some of it delivered directly to your mailbox, come by and subscribe or order back issues of Celebrations Magazine. It's a bi-monthly magazine put out by me and Tim Foster featuring contributing articles and photos from people in the community whose names and work that you know, like Steve Barrett and his Hidden Mickeys, Becky Mankin and her vacation planning, and lots, lots more. There's games, there's photos, featured articles, history, Wayback Machine, lots, lots more. For more information or to find out how you can contribute, go to celebrationspress.com. Speaking of Becky, thanks to her, because Mouse Fan Travel is my official and recommended travel provider. They're over at mousefantravel.com. And if you're looking for a vacation home near Walt Disney World, I highly recommend checking out allstarvacationhomes.com. So I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Big, big thanks go out to you for taking the time this and every week to tune into the show for all your support, for following on Twitter and Facebook. And if you came to the meet of the month, thank you so, so very much. It means the world to me that you take the time out of your day or your week to listen to the show. And if you like it, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening to the show if you're on Twitter. Share the link to it and tell your friends over on Facebook. Post in other Disney communities and forums online. And please come by and rate and review the show in iTunes. And of course, my friends, and you know you are my friends whether we've met or not, I really, really do appreciate you listening. And remember to always keep moving forward, find your passion, and pursue it every single day because life is too short. So until next week, have a great, great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou. This is Robin from Fort Myers. We just got back uh, from seeing you at the meeting of the month. Uh, really enjoyed meeting you. My son was just ecstatic to finally see your 
face and put a, a face to the voice that he hears all the time in our car trips on the um, audio CDs. And uh, my husband was really happy to meet you, too. Looked like your meet went off really well, lots of people. And um, you were still going until 2 o'clock. We came back from a trip around the monorail, and you were still going with people around you. So I'm glad it was a success for you. Thanks for meeting outside of the parks for a change. Yeah, even though I live in Florida and I only live about, oh, 30 minutes away from you and about three hours from Fort, um, Orlando, uh, still don't have a pass. <laughs> but really enjoy going up on day trips and, and getting my fix that way. Anyway, thanks a lot. It was nice seeing you and your family, and keep up the good work. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Chris Harper, uh, Disney Fun uh, 55 on the forums. Just wanted to uh, thank you for another wonderful podcast. Uh, your stories about the links to uh, Disneyland and, to, and its secret origins, um, uh, or the secrets of its origins, really great show. It reminded me of a story that my father told me when he went to Disneyland when he was a child, uh, the story about the Emporium with its mail-order catalogs and where they'd ship at home. My father actually ordered a turtle, purchased a turtle at Disneyland, and they decided to send it back home to Idaho for him. Needless to say, the turtle did not arrive in, let's say, pristine condition. A little bit dry when it arrived home. So uh, thank you for the uh, great shows. And uh, with the conclusion of Show 179, I have listened to every one of your shows. Love every bit of them. Thank you so much. I learned a lot. Have a great day. See ya. Hey, Lewis Renee from Fort Collins. Just giving you a call. I'm in Epcot at the moment. Um, got to go see Captain EO this morning, and I'm actually on my way back there because it was so awesome. A uh, small but enthusiastic crowd this morning, and uh, I think it really did stand the test of time and uh, really enjoyed the extra 4D effects that they were able to add in because of the theater. I thought they used the theater to its full potential. So I appreciated it, and uh, always good to hear the show, and hope you're, everyone's having a magical day. Bye. Hey, Lou, um, Josh from Alien Colony. Just wanted to talk about your latest show that um pretty much focused on the different places that Disney could have been at. And um I think I think Florida's the best possible place for it because always sunny, always great. But when you started talking about how it might have gone to St. Louis and it wouldn't have gone inside. I think that actually was something really, really cool. Um, you know, just a little small amusement park by Disney. Kind of like Disney Crest, but probably with some really good roller coasters. Well, good storytelling rides. And, like, maybe Test Track could go in there if it's a big enough place. You know, just stuff like that. That would be really, really cool. But, you know, sadly it never happened, and it might not have happened. But right now, I think Disney and Florida is already amazing. And... I'd rather them put stuff into there, into Disneyland, into all the Disneylands around the planet, and start something new. But that's just my opinion. Whatever, they can always do something amazing, you know. And I, I just love Disney that much, and I really hope they can just make everything like Epcot. You know, Wonders of Life Pavilion. I hope they could like rebuild that. That would be really cool. And um, Disneyland have all these new rides in there. So I get why they're not going to start anything new, but it would be cool in St. Louis to have something like that. But um, I think it was not a great episode, Lou. Um, please don't stop making these podcasts because they are really good. Okay, um, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Sean from Atlanta. Hey, I just finished up the podcast with you and Jim Corcus talking about 
Disneyland and their celebration birthday and everything, and just the insights that uh, that Jim was talking about and everything, and you know, that is basically I would say my home park because that's where I grew up. I grew up on the West Coast, and, and I just want to say thanks to Jim for uh, getting to read uh, Walt's pitch from you know September 26, 1953, that. Uh, he pitched to the salespeople to uh, launch that park. Just uh, awesome information, amazing information. Uh, being a historian myself and everything, you know, I love the history. I love the facts and everything. But I uh, just keep the great work. And uh, like I said, Lou, I love what you do. And uh, have a magical week. And, um, you know, I keep loving every podcast that you come out with, man. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, take care, guys. Have a great weekend. Bye. Hey, Lou. Todd from Jersey once again checking in with you. And uh, we're that close. At the time of your next podcast, hopefully the one this might be broadcast on, we will be possibly in Orlando and uh, that close to the magic for 10 fun and magical days at uh, Walt Disney World. First two nights in Bay Lake Tower and then the next seven days at the Beach Club Villas. My wife and I are so looking forward to it. We've so needed this vacation for the longest time. And once again, in the interest of sharing a little bit of the magic, as last year, we'll be tweeting throughout our trip down from Jersey to Florida, as well as during our entire trip um, while we're um, at the world. So if you just go to www.twitter.com slash darkimage4, it's the number four not spelled out, and uh, follow me. I'll be, uh, we'll be updating a lot as we're there, and we hope you get a little taste of the magic that way. That's something new we're going to do this year. We're going to set up a webcam, and um, we're going to put it out of our uh, room, at least, at the very least, show you a view of what we have from Bailey Tower and or the Beach Club Villas. Again, just to give everyone a little taste of the magic that we're finally going to be experiencing. We've been looking forward to it so much. Uh, if you go to www.eyesonears.com, Click on live video. We'll be one of the broadcasting channels. Again, it'll be under Dark Image 4, most likely. And, um, yeah, maybe we'll talk to so many people in the, um, the chat room there, if we're in the room or whatever. But uh, just our little way of giving back and kind of uh, helping the community have a little bit more magic infused into those people who just aren't there right now. But we're counting down. Just a few more days. We'll be there. We'll meet you, Lou. And we will thank you in person, but as I do at the end of every podcast, thank you for the books, for the magazines, for the podcast, for the website, for everything you do to bring us all a little bit of magic when we're not there. Until then, we'll see you at the meet of the month on the 24th. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is Sarah, who is originally from St. Louis, but currently living in Los Angeles. I was sitting here listening to the show, doing some homework, which is about the only thing that gets me through it. And I just wanted to call and say that I was recently in Disneyland with my family, and we had an incredible time. Um, Definitely listening to the podcast makes me wish I was there right now, but um, hopefully the next, you know, couple years in between vacations goes by quickly. Thank you for all that you do. The show is wonderful, and I'd like to send a special hello to my family and thank them for giving me my passion for Disney, and I love you guys, and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Lou.